The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, I'm Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Island College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please, pretty please, go ahead and smash that like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, knock that out while you're here. Today, we are continuing our conference previews for the 2022-23 college basketball season. We've already done the American and the ACC. Go find them if you missed them. Now we're turning our attention to the Big East, where Creighton is the favorite after returning five of the top seven scores from a team that advanced to the round of 32 of the NCAA tournament. Played Kansas pretty tough before losing 79-72. Dead leg, let's start here. You have to bet your Guster sticker. Whether Creighton will or will not win the Big East regular season title. How you bet? Uh, I will bet not, and then I have access to an endless stream of Guster stickers, so this oh, wow. doesn't, feel that, uh, doesn't feel all that, well, big of if a If you had to bet Guster. I, oh, the existence of the band? Yes. It's That's either like, heavy. you get it right, they continue. Too heavy. You get it right, they continue. You get it wrong, oh. they have to How about the How about the Creighton Guster connection? Creighton has an assistant. Named Ryan Miller. Mm-hmm. I know Ryan Guster's Miller. Lead singer, also named Ryan Miller. So there you go. There's your Guster's lead singer have a brother named Mike Miller? Because if so, now we're getting somewhere. He does not. Uh, and the Guster's Ryan Miller is for, originally from Texas, whereas Mike Miller is originally from South Dakota, GP. South Dakota, isn't, GP. Isn't that right? Yeah, definitely a Dakota. I, I, I believe it's South. South. I think it's South Dakota. Um, yeah. So yeah, South, I like, is, South, is South Dakota obviously better than North Dakota? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, South Dakota's better. South Dakota's got Mount Rushmore and the Pentagon, and it's got the Pentagon. It's got the Jackrabbits. One, two, three, trifecta. Sorry, that's it. Like North Dakota is really second class citizen in the Dakotas. Isn't South Dakota also the Badlands? Doesn't also have the Badlands? Isn't that that's South Dakota, right? I Our Dakota listenership right now is going wild over this unexpected turn. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I literally spent an hour preparing for a Big East preview, and within two minutes, we're talking about which is the better Dakota, North or South. Should I should I tweet this right now, Paul? <laughs> yes. 
happen. Oh, what's it's happening the, right now. What's the better to cut? I think it's I, South. Easy. I think South wins. I'm going to say South wins over North by a factor. I'm going to say 64 to 36. Like name one good thing about North Dakota or bad one name, bad one name, a bad thing about North Dakota. Like, do you know anything about North Dakota? At Fargo. It's Ooh, got North Dakota state. Damn. Fargo's Wait. tough though. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, it evens the score a little bit. That's a good television show. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm going to go this alphabetical order. So North Dakota, South Dakota. Hey, it's out there. It's out there for the world. Um, <laughs> when people are listening to this, that poll, can I edit this poll? It was, it was up to be available for one day. Can I edit this? I could delete it real quick. I'm going to delete this. Hold on. I'm going to delete this. And can I'm gonna- you imagine going to your Apple podcast and be like, oh, a Big East preview. This is, can't wait for this. Wonder how they think Villanova's going to be with Cal Neptune. It's like we're debating the Dakotas. Oh, we're getting there. Hold on. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep this open intentionally. Cause how about this? The ACC podcast that went up, that went up the day Nada was at the ACC media day. And then this podcast is going up. I'll actually be at UConn checking in on Dan Hurley and crew. So I'm going to keep this up. I'll keep this up for three days. North Dakota, South Dakota, better Dakota. We're going South. I think it's South. Okay, storylines for the Big East here. Creighton, yes, but here are the five, uh, five big storyline points. One, it's the new coaches. We, you know, coaching changes, coaching scuttlebutt is obviously one of the biggest drivers of, of talking points and uh, an interest in the sport. And there's no league that has uh, a better collection of coaching turnover and more interesting coaching turnover than the Big East. It's not even close. You've got Jay Wright being gone. Kyle Neptune comes in for him. Sean Miller takes over at Xavier. Thad Mata goes to Butler, and then, of course, strut up Peacock, Shaheen Holloway out at St. Peter's, goes back to his alma mater at Seton Hall. Such a strong foursome, and all four of those are returning to places where they spent a significant period of their basketball lives. You know, Kyle Neptune was a longtime assistant uh, for Jay Wright and helped them win a couple of national championships. Sean Miller, of course, helped continue to bring Xavier to a higher plane in the greater uh, landscape of college basketball. Thad Mata is a Butler alum, and he was there for a, for a hot minute before continuing on his college career. And then Shaheen Holloway not only played at Seton Hall and was a star recruiting player there, but he also was a longtime assistant there. So that's the biggest storyline to me. Number two is this Creighton's best team ever. The Blue Jays are likely to have their highest preseason ranking ever. Two years ago, Creighton was 11th going into the season. That was a school record. Creighton will be higher than 11th when the AP Top 25 preseason poll is released later in October. Um... By the way, Creighton was not ranked once last regular season, and it will enter as the favorite in the Big East. Although, will I have him winning the league? I will not. I've mentioned that on a previous podcast. Three more storylines. Is this Pat Ewing's final season at Georgetown, or can a turnaround truly happen? Ewing is 68 and 84 overall, and 26 and 63 in the Big East in five seasons. Number four is does UConn take advantage and reclaim the Big East? Dan Hurley enters year five. He's had two one-and-done showings in the NCAA tournament. Uh, The Big East is in the midst of a regime change. Jay Wright leaving is a major, major event in the the solar system that is the Big East there. So if UConn really is a top-20 program in America, like its fans claim it to be, like UConn wants to be, then the Huskies really should be one or two in the pecking order in this league in the next 12 to 18 months. Can it do that? And then last one is Andre Curbelo at St. John's. Can he get that program alongside Posh, uh, Posh Alexander into the NCAA tournament's first round for the first time since 2015? They made a first four, but St. John's hasn't played on a Thursday or Friday in the tournament since 2015. There are a lot of hungry fan bases looking to see the Big East get a shakeup 
St. John's is one of them. Those are my biggest storylines heading into the conference season. With the new hires, I believe seven of the 11 Big East head coaches are now minorities. Mm. Um, you know, we struggle with diversity when it comes to hiring head coaches in college athletics. And the Big East seems to be um, among the power conferences, the, the, you know, the most diverse and, and ones that, um, you know, have, have, have made hires that uh, make the benches look a little bit more like the court. I know that's something that people within the industry have been pushing for. Like, why are these guys always hot commodities to be assistant coaches, but um, often have to wait a significant amount of time to get, you know, big time jobs where you can, where you can, reasonably expect to succeed and now you got Kyle Neptune at 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 Villanova Shaheen Holloway at 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 Seton Hall and I, I think both those guys are are, are going to be good eventually uh could get off to a, a, a complicated start for for different reasons at both places but I think eventually those guys are going to be good at both those places how many Big East programs going to make the NCAA tournament we'll get into that next but first a word from our partners I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A reminder, if you want, you can now email the show, shouts2cbs at gmail.com, shouts2cbs at gmail.com. We are loving the responses we've gotten, the emails, the correspondence, the questions. Continue sending them. You can send in a video if you'd like, 10 to 15 second video, ask a question, name, city, town, get out. We'll try and drop those in going forward on the show, on the YouTube channel. Continue to send us stuff. We love hearing from you. And thank you, as always, for subscribing. So the Big East got six schools in the NCAA tournament last season. Villanova, Providence, UConn, Seton Hall, Marquette, Creighton. Right now, Jerry Palm projects the Big East as a four-bid mm. league. Only Creighton, Villanova, UConn, and Xavier. He's got Creighton as a two-seed, Villanova as a five, UConn as a seven, Xavier as an eight. That sound low to you? It looked like it sounded low to you. Low on a number of fronts here. Let's just deal with those are the those are the four that are expected to be the four. And I think that is pretty much consensus there. What is your one through four for the Big East GP? How would you order it? Okay, here's the problem. Oh boy. I just noticed a note from our unbelievable editor Marcus Nelson this morning. Who is asking sent in your, your order? <laughs> I'm writing the Big East preview, by the way. I, I must say, I told him, I, I told him, let me get through with these podcasts, and I'll send it right to you. You can do one through four. 
Let's let's do one oh, through. Yeah. Well, and then Creighton. I got I got my order for the rest. I'll hand you five, five through eleven. But what do you got? Well, I, I would go Creighton, Villanova, and those are the only two teams I have in the top twenty-five and one. By the way, from the Big East, Creighton, I've got eleventh. So I'm a little lower on Creighton than than most. Uh, Villanova, I've got it eighteenth, and then I think after that I would go UConn three, Xavier four. Okay, we have none of the teams in the same order, um, but the same four, obviously. All right. Um, I'm going to predict a little bit of chaos, just a little bit, not too much, not not too crazy, but a little bit of chaos in the Big East. I'm going to go, and I mentioned this on a previous pod too, I'm going to say Xavier wins the Big East this season, or at least finishes atop the standings. It wouldn't stun me if we saw a situation where two teams were sharing the with the best record, which has been the case a couple of times recently uh, with, the, with the Big East there. So Xavier has Zach Fremantle back, who was recently on... Some sort of suspension, but he's re he has rejoined the team. Uh, Jack Nunji, Colby Jones, Adam Kunkel, core four. Okay, Desmond Claude, I think could strut in and be the second best freshman in the league to Cam Whitmore at Villanova. Sean Miller being back, where he might ride out the next decade plus and potentially get this program to a notch or two above where it is right now. And right now, it's obviously a respectable perch. There is a ton of intrigue here. The program and its fans obviously have NCAA tournament aspirations. That's not something you can say for every power conference coach in year one. It is definitely the case with Miller at Xavier. It They will be uh, frustrated, to say the least, if Miller doesn't get this team dancing in his first season there. I'm going to pick him to to win the league because I actually think he might go he might go nine deep legitimately. They could have a lot of different looks. Could be one of the tougher scouts in the league. I, I expect some unpredictability with the Big East and... I'm I'm just going to take a chance and go with X. And another reason why I'm going to save for when we pick our player of the year, coach of the year, and freshman year, and I'll explain a little bit more on the back end of the podcast there. I will go Xavier one, and then I will go Creighton. I'll go Creighton two. Um, we did do a summer shoot around uh, episode on Creighton. Uh, they've got a wonderful roster here. Okay, they've they've got Ryan Kalkbrenner, a tremendous big. I'm. As much of a fan of, as of Ryan Namhard than maybe anybody in the country, he's coming off um, a wrist injury from last season, but he should be back. Arthur Kaluma might be, for as much as he does and is expected to do, Creighton fans don't underrate him, but he might be among like the three to five most underrated players in the country. We haven't started to assemble our top 101 players list, but I will put Arthur Kaluma on the list because he deserves to be on that list. Uh, Mike Miller's son, Mason Miller, is on the roster uh, here because uh, Ryan Miller is his uncle, uh, Creighton uh, assistant there. And yeah, I don't know. I, I do like Creighton to be second, but I'm going to just fade them a little bit. I'll go, I'll go Xavier one, Creighton two. I've got notes on Nova and UConn, but I'll shut up. I've got Nova three, then UConn four. Well, you know, Creighton brings back five of the top seven scores. They add Baylor Shireman. Yeah. Jack Rabbit. South Dakota. Here we go. And I knew there was a way we could wrap the Dakotas back in here again. Um, but so like, that's good. Uh, obviously good. I've got them picked to win the Big East, but this is, and if you listen to the Creighton summer shoot around episode, you you know where I'm at on this. Um, they finished 50th at Ken Palm. Do you really go from 50th at Ken Palm to the top 10 just by bringing back a lot of the same pieces and adding a jackrabbit? I don't know. And I want to know how many times it's happened. You know, in, over the past 20 seasons, how many times has a team finished top 10 in Ken Palm that was outside the 
the top 50 the season prior. I'm sure oh, it has happened. I well, still think I, it's I'm sure problem. that happens, um, but it would largely be tied to a massive recruiting class. And this isn't really that. I mean, Charman's great and it will be great, I think. But like, it's mostly the same guys from a team that finished 50 at the Kimpa. Yeah. But, that, but you know, I, improvements are to be expected. I don't think they're so good defensively, which is why I think the jump should have. Like, McDermott's a really good offensive coach. This was. If you really weren't clued in, like Creighton won because of his defense a lot last season. Kalkbrenner's a really, really good two-way player. So that's why I think they've got a good chance. But I, I, I'm I, I'm fading Creighton just a little bit in terms of like, I'm not going to have him top. You've got him 11. I will not. I'm not going to have him top 10. By nature, like I have Xavier finishing atop the league. I'll have Xavier ahead of, of Creighton and I don't even have Xavier top 10. So um, you mentioned Xavier. Just some thoughts on them. Um you know, that's a program that has been in 16 of the past 21 NCAA tournaments. But yeah. hasn't made it since 2018. And it was I, the longest streak literally in more than four decades of, like, Xavier's in its longest NCAA tournament drought in uh, two generations at the moment, and that should end in Miller in year one. And if you're Travis Steele, I, I, I guess you've moved on, but man, how many moments do you have where you go, we were 11-1 and one last season. Mm-hmm. We started 11-1, and one and it just slipped away. It just spiraled. Um but you know, if you start eleven and one, and then take that to a good place, you not only keep your job, you get a contract extension, and instead, it's uh, it's over. And uh, Sean Miller is back in 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 Cincinnati with Villanova. I mentioned um, that I think Kyle's going to be good there, but it you know there's some complications to to start. Obviously, the biggest one is Justin Moore is not going to be ready to start the season. He's coming off of a torn right Achilles. Um, we don't know what he's going to look like when he is uh, available to play. Will he be the same player? I, I think a doctor would tell you to probably bet against it, um, but but we'll see. So the, he, Kyle's going to start his first season at Villanova with no Justin Moore. Um, Got to replace Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, Hall of Fame coach and Jay Wright. And then Cam Whitmore is like currently sidelined with a, a thumb injury. I'm not sure how serious it is, but like, not going to be there at the start. He's not going to be in the season opener. We know that much. Right. And so like two of your projected top three players. Yes. And they are, might be, they might literally be the top two players. Right. When we look up are not going to be there yes. to start the season. That's not, that's obviously not ideal. Yeah. And I mentioned this on our Villanova shoot around, which was obviously uh, on the tail end. Uh, our last one, I guess. Um, they have a roadie at Temple the first week of the season, and then they're going to play at Michigan State November 18th. Will Cam Whitmore be available for that? They've got an Iowa. They've got uh, Iowa State. They, they, they've got in their MTE there. They've got uh, they've got an interesting schedule ahead. I actually like the way that this schedule was laid out. Something tells me that the majority of this was done by Jay. But because of that, yeah, I'm just going to have Nova finishing third. Brandon Slater is obviously another key. Um, he should be fully healthy, and I do like his potential there. But yeah, when when are they going to get you know when are they get Justin Moore at uh, at full strength there? I do like you know Eric Dixon, Caleb Daniels. They're classic Villanova players. They're going to be a good team. Mark Armstrong's another freshman to know that that probably will get good minutes. Jordan Longino will certainly have a minutes increase jump from a season ago. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to put them third. I'm going to trust Villanova, but I would actually, personally, I would be surprised if Villanova won the Big East this season. And that has not that has not been a statement that you could make in a decade, but I'm going to have them go three. And then I've got UConn four 
And uh, here are my here are my pre UConn thoughts. I'm literally going to drive up there uh, in a couple of days and, and check it out. But uh, and I, by the way, I I do think that anyone one through four can fit. I'd be surprised if Villanova did it, but but one through four, I think any of these teams could be the one seed in the Big East tournament. I'll, I'll say that. Um, Adama Sinogo is the best player yet again. He'll be in the mix for preseason player of the year. Big East Media Day is next week. I'll also be in Manhattan for that. Uh, I'm wondering if Andre Jackson hops on a rocket this season and really becomes the guy for, for UConn, though. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'll credit Hurley and his staff on this. He lost RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, who I really, really liked, Isaiah Whaley, a cook, a cook, Jalen Gaffney. That's, that's a pretty good chunk of players in production. And I don't see much of any fall off for UConn. That is the signal of a very strong program. I don't think there's another school in the Big East that can claim the same in terms of loss of production, but without the expected step back there. The question is, will Tristan Newton, who's coming over via East Carolina, if he can get it done at the point? Uh, I just got to see on that overall. And I was a big Tyrese Martin guy, but I do like Andre Jackson. I think that he can he can certainly step up and fill that role, but I will go... I go UConn four. Did we have them in the same spot? We must have. No, you had UConn three and Xavier four, right? I uh, yes, UConn three, Xavier four. Um, you know, New- Newton will be interesting. He's one of these classic transfers that, like, you know, averaged a whole bunch of points. You know, nearly eighteen points per game, but did it for a bad team at East Carolina. And one thing to note, he is at least statistically a non-shooter. 31.6% from three in three years at ECU. That's not the perfect type of guy you want with Sonogo on the court. But I do think Adama Sonogo be uh, terrific again. He averaged 15 and nine last season. You're obviously closer to this than I am given where you live. Is it a talking point at all that UConn has been eliminated from the tournament past two years by lower seeded teams? Uh, a little bit, but it's not, it's, uh, it's not a fire starter, but certainly um, if that were to happen again, a third time, uh, I know. I know it drives Hurley nuts. As it, as it, that's understandably so. Like this, UConn fan base is not about getting to the tournament uh, and just getting to the tournament and saying we made the tournament five years in a row. They will. They will not tolerate it. They. They need deep runs in the tournament. So it's a little something. But UConn fans are. They're pretty much expecting and asking that UConn uh, be a factor in this. In this tournament or this uh this conference this year then make the tournament and win some games it's it's year five for hurley and uh he's got to deliver in terms of victory he's not on the hot seat or anything like that but but they would they they will not stand for just merely getting into the field that's not enough right just uh for people who might not be familiar 2021 got a seven seed in the NCAA tournament lost a 10 seed maryland 2022 got a five seed and lost a 12 seed new mexico state we talked about this with tennessee like Rick Barnes has got that program operating at a high level, but there's a pattern that has developed where they keep losing to lower seeded um, or worse seeded teams in the tournament. And there's at least two years of that at UConn. Uh, again, Dan's great and Dan's safe. And uh, I suspect that that's not a meaningful pattern that is going to um, become a part of his label at UConn. It's just something that, you know, it's just something that has happened. And, if if it were to happen again, I, I think you're right. It'll be, it, it'll probably lead a talk show somewhere. All right. Um, I've got my order for the rest. So I'll just, uh, let's go team by team here. I'll give you a, a quick commentary. Then, uh, then volley on back five. I'll go St. John's. Uh, first of all, Golden Gate, Mike, incredible stat. 
He's gone 20 years as a head coach, has never finished below 500 in a single season, and I don't think that happens again here. Johnny's could be a firecracker. They've got Posh Alexander and Andre Corbello as the starting backcourt. Th- that, they are not diametrically opposed in how they play, but obviously Corbello is a lot of flash, offense, very little defense. Alexander's one of the better defenders and uh, one of the more reliable players on that end of the floor. Um, this team could be as enjoyable, if not unpredictable, as any team in the conference. Curbelo has to be better, though. That's the thing. He was hyped a year ago as a potential Big Ten first-team all-level player. That did not happen, and he was a sieve defensively. He would have times when he was a negative, a net negative, clearly, uh, a suck on Illinois. And Didn't he ultimately could- get benched as well? Yes, it was, it was, it was just not good. Um, but maybe... Golden Gate Mike's approach to offense, maybe that's the Super Mario mushroom for his powers. Then they're kind of banking on that. Say, I'm going to say five teams in the tournament. I'm going to say St. John's gets in. That's where I'm. That's where I, that's where my line ends. There, Montez Mathis, by the way, is another returnee. Um, he'll be a quiet but crucial guy in the backcourt there. I know you don't have an order here, one through eleven, but I've got St. John's five. Would you? Uh, would you hop on that train, or maybe is that a little too aggressive for you? It's not. Too, I'd probably go Providence. Um, but just cause I believe in it Cooley, but I'd like St. John's to be good. Like I, it'd be nice to have a good college ba- power conference basketball team in New York city. Yeah, not just good, but I'm talking like St. John's is ranked 75% of the season. Good. Can we, can we ever get that again? Like, come on, we've been waiting forever. Right. And yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, I've got, so, Prov- uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So like, yeah, St. John's Providence in some order, um, after the top four makes sense to me. And then after that, I think it really gets – you can go a million different ways. I mean, Marquette is obviously a strong program. Shaka was great in year one. But they lose Justin Lewis, Daryl Morsel. They're super young in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a time where you don't really want to be that. And they're not super young like with three five-star freshmen. They're just young. Um, so like, so that, that's an issue um, with Marquette. But I still think they could finish – you know, they could they could challenge to finish top half in the league. Challenge to finish in the top half of the league. Okay. Um, well, I've got Providence six. Their variance does seem dramatic. I'm going to trust Cooley a little bit. Uh, so many of the good players from last season's regular season champs are gone. Jared Bynum is back. His volume will probably be ridiculously high. So high that he'll have a chance at all Big East honors. Ed Croswell's back in the middle. Uh, I would expect him to make a jump. And then they get Noah Locke from Louisville, Bryce Hopkins from Kentucky, Devin Carter from South Carolina. We'll just see how it goes. I, I don't really know. I think it's going to take time for the team to find itself. Uh, Cooley's done a good job with some misfit rosters, rosters in the past. Um, but I'm, I can't. I'll say five bids. Uh, freshman guard, uh, point guard, Jaden, Pierre, Mike crack into the rotation uh, as like a 20-minute game per guy by February. I will go straight up. I will go Seton Hall 7. Uh, Sheena Holloway brought Casey and Defo over from St. Peter's. Then he got like another seven guys in the portal. The starting lineup, I'm just going to blindly guess, is going to be a little bit of a rotating cast through the first few weeks as guys find their roles in Holloway molds playbook around his personnel. I don't know. Um, guys who are back, uh, Kadari Richmond uh, is a wing, and then uh, Tyree Samuels is a center. So I've got Seton Hall seven. You mentioned Marquette. I, I, I'm i going to go nine. Uh, so GP, I'll go Butler eight, Marquette nine. Uh, I don't like at all how Barry Collier handled and mishandled really the firing of LaValle Jordan and staff. But that said, now that that's in the rear view, Thad Mata back at his alma mater, we could look up in three years and say, man, was that the necessary move to keep Butler afoot in the Big East? I don't expect it this year. I think it's an NIT team at best. 
Um, they just there's been a couple of news items that have come out uh, as we're doing these uh, league previews just before. Like they Jalen Thomas, who's a transfer from Georgia State, he's going to be out for who knows how long. He had a pulmonary embolism that was uh, discovered, so he's not even going to play. Let's uh, wish him to be healthy as quickly as possible there. But they do have Manny Bates via NC State. I do like Manny Bates a lot. Actually, I think that's a really good transfer. Ali Ali via Akron. And then uh, Eric Hunter comes over via Purdue. Those are three big transfers. Like, there's there's something there with Butler. Those names are big enough to have me put them ahead of Marquette. Uh, best returning player for sure at, uh, at BU is Chuck Harris. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Butler could be one of those teams where... You know, it gets swept by DePaul, but we look up and it, it somehow split with UConn and one, one of those games was, was a roadie against UConn. I don't know. Marquette, I got him nine GP. <sighs> Tyler Kolick is a potential breakout guy. Yeah. Um, Cam Jones, maybe he turns into a 13, 14 point per game guy for MU. To me, they made the tournament last season. 20 wins would be a coup for this group. I'm going to go nine there. And then I got Georgetown. I got a couple notes on them, but I'll Toss it back to you before that. I got Georgetown 10 and DePaul 11, but I'm going to tell you, it seems like Butler and Marquette, Georgetown, DePaul, all kind of toss them in a toss them in a bin there. I would expect Seton Hall and Providence to have a little bit of separation from the others, but that Mata, never count them out. An insane career-winning percentage, so maybe, maybe they'll make noise in year one. Yeah, to me, the most interesting thing at the bottom of this league is, you know, can Patrick do enough to, to get a year seven? And based on the projections... I'd say probably not. Like if, yeah. if everybody's got him finishing 10th or 11th in the Big East, that's not going to be enough. And that's just, that stinks. You know, they obviously went 0-19 in the league last season. He's, I think you had the record at the top, 26-63 in five seasons in the Big East. I mean, the winning percentage is .292. I mean, it's dreadful. I mean, this has gone worse than anybody could have imagined. Even if you were like, this is a d- stupid thing for Georgetown to do, you wouldn't have assumed it would have gone this poorly. I mean, it's actually gone worse than anybody could have imagined. And we talked about this before. Like, I wanted this to work. Georgetown's a big brand from my childhood. Patrick Ewing is one of the first basketball players I remember thinking about when he was a monster at Georgetown. And so I thought it would, and still think, it would be neat, like, if he could be the guy to get this program back to respectability. And he had that moment during the COVID year. There was no one at the damn arena. And that just, yeah, that was terrible. uh, I mean, God, there's no one even there. Can you imagine Georgetown winning the Big East tournament with an arena full of fans? There's no one there. I mean, a great moment, but like. They had that moment, but it wasn't everything it could have been. And then, you know, it just, it didn't, it didn't serve as a launching pad to anything good. And so now here we are. And so I imagine Georgetown would be making a coaching change at the at the end of the season. But I would love to be wrong. Like if we could look up and Pat had him finishing fifth somehow in the league, like that'd be great. But it would. It it doesn't look likely on paper. I almost put him nine, but I Marquette made the tournament. I just I have to trust Shaka more than Patrick Ewing in this spot right now. I just do. So I, I wanted to go higher than ten for Georgetown. Cutis Wahab. Has done the unprecedented. Georgetown to Maryland, back to Georgetown. And he was he was actually a quality player at Georgetown when he had transferred to Maryland. I was like, man, he was he, like Ewing actually maybe Wahab turns into like you know, maybe he's the surprise of the league and is like a first team all league guy. I don't know. They don't have um, Aminu Muhammad. He left. Um, there's just tons of turnover on this roster. Um, so 
I don't know. We'll see DePaul real quick. I have a trivia time here. Uh, I got him last. I, this is one of those deals where I will not pick DePaul last or I will not pick DePaul 10th once they finish like six in the Big East. Like you just, I got to see it uh, with Stubblefield as coach there. No power conference team. And to be clear, I'm not counting the likes of East Carolina uh, and Tulane and stuff. Just truly like power conference teams, which DePaul, I guess, barely qualifies, but it qualifies. No power conference team has a longer NCAA tournament drought than DePaul, which last danced in 2004. 2004. And I've got mm-hmm. DePaul finishing last year. My trivia time is, mm. what school has the second longest drought among all power conference programs? School and year, if you could. Hmm. I think this is gettable. It's not like immediate, like, oh yeah, I know, but I think, it's a, I think this is gettable. Power conference school, mm-hmm. longest drought. Did Penn State go? Recently, Penn State is not the answer. Yeah, Penn State has uh, has done it. Uh, I'll find. I'll give you the exact year on Penn State. Penn State's not the answer. Okay. Penn State last danced in 2011. Yeah, it was. It would have danced in 2022, but it, there was no tournament. Right. I heard about that dumb, dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. How about this? I'm gonna go Washington State. Bada bing. It's a halfsy. Can you give me the year? The last year they went? Yeah. What's the last year they went? Tony Bennett. That's a man, not a year. Tony Bennett is also he, a year. He was the coach. He's a year. Tony Bennett is a year. He's an era unto himself. That's true. Um, Tony Bennett. Let me see here. Okay, well, if you're going to literally look up... Yeah, I'm just going to literally look it up. you're literally looking it up, I'm going to tell you, it was 2008. Cougs, 26-9. and We're 10th in... Washington State was the number 10 team in Ken Palm. That's insane. They were a four seed. Washington State! Aaron Baines was on that team. No, Clay Thompson, he was gone. He was not on that team. Aaron Baines was the the big name to know. Derek Lowe was also a very good player on that team. But anyway, DePaul has the longest streak. Drought. Washington State is number two. That is our order. Want to do preseason awards? Yeah. Um, for me, it's pretty straightforward. I will go. This is straightforward. I think player of the year, pretty straightforward. I don't, I, I think this is the toughest preseason player of the race year to peg of all of them. I don't think there's an obvious candidate. I think you can build out arguments for five to seven guys. So having said that, I'm interested to see who you picked. Adama Sanogo. Okay. He's one of them. Sonoga's very like good. an awesome established player for a likely NCAA tournament team. Yep. He's certainly there. I'm going to go of, of the of the of the projected NCAA tournament teams, does anybody have anybody who was as good as him last season? I don't think so. How it depends on how you want to define that. Uh cuz Justin Moore at his platonic healthy ideal yeah, that for Villanova has a case. My pick is Ryan Kalkbrenner for Creighton because I think he's it is there are so many really good big men. Kalkbrenner is he's a dude, man. Uh 13.1 points, 7.7 boards, 2.6 blocks last season. Those numbers should all go up. Now Ryan Nemhard is also I think you can consider Nemhard, Kalkbrenner, Sonogo, Either Col- I've got Xavier winning the league, so by nature of that, I had to figure, well, it would either have to be Colby Jones or probably Jack Nungy. That would be the most likely there, but Fremantle's also really good. And then Villanova, like, if Cam Whitmore gets healthy and he's... If Cam Whitmore is a top seven pick in the NBA, then he's going to... 
Freshman player of the year is a tough pick, but if not him, Justin Moore. I just think there's a lot of guys there. I like that we're splitting there. So Sonogo is absolute. He's probably the most ideal pick. But that being said, like Creighton's the projected winner of the conference there, and and oftentimes you'll have the the representative from that. But Creighton's got, and then you got Shireman. You got so many different uh, ladles and so many different pots there. It's it's kind of tough to sort it. Freshman of the year, Cam Whitmore. There's no other. He's the number 11 guy per 247 in the class of 2022. Again, if as long as he can get that thumb good, and if he's playing, he's got to be the freshman of the year pick. And then, um, you know what? Coach of the year, I'll go Dan Hurley. Okay. I'm going Sean Miller because I have him winning the league. So yeah. He will. If, if, Xavier, if, wins if league, Xavier wins the league, Sean Miller will be coach of the year. That's easy. But this is, a, this is an interesting one here. Creighton wins the league. You could make, I guess you can make an argument, but they're the, they're the favorite, but they're really this highly rated. Sean Miller, obviously. Dan Hurley. Uh, this this feels like whoever wins the league, granted you're standalone atop the conference, uh, coach of the year should go there. Unless you have a, literally a situation where like Ewing gets Georgetown to third or DePaul finishes sixth, then may, you know, maybe you could build a case there because the expectations are so low. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Big East here. I'll say five bids. What about you as we wrap up? Will you say four? If, if Palm's got them at four. Are you going to go four or you think there's going to be a fifth? That gets them? I think there'll be a fifth. I don't have any idea who it'll be. There we go. I think I think they'll be a. I think they'll get five. It'll be the everybody's top four, and then uh, we'll let them fight it out. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening. I own College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Over at Apple, leave a nice review. Write some words. There's more of us than there are of them. You take issue with that, Norlander? No. Uh, South Dakota, we're 415 votes in, 61% to 39% over North Dakota. But as you listen to this pod, mm. go back and check. I'm going to pin this at the top of my tweet profile for a couple of days. Log a vote there. What's the better Carolina? That we're going to say we're going to save that for the Pac-12 preview. <laughs> yes, that's where, that's where that belongs. <laughs> Make sure to catch the Pac-12 preview where we will open on the better Carolina, North or South. Smash the like button if you're still here. No idea why you'd still be here, <laughs> but we appreciate you. We'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.